talk sports, but we came here to win. The most legit podcast, that's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news, we underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process, yes you, because we got Chris and Andrew to bless you. With the best features, best stories, we diving deep like a Lambo leak. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring, we on point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the dog pound. In the cold, get a gold brown. Sit back and raise the cat, because we start this show like right now. Welcome to the Underdog, episode 109. Take, I don't know, 30, maybe 40. Take one of 500. That's Anshu Khanna. I'm Chris Horvadel. Mixing things up today because Anshu's apparently planning to take over my life. (laughs) Anshu, it's been an interesting week in sports. Um, And this Anthony Davis thing is certainly at the forefront of that. No shock that he demands the trade, but uh, how soon do you see the Pelicans honoring his request? Oh, it's a, it's a great question, Chris. I mean, look, they have till February 7th. There, this was clearly a calculated move by Rich Paul and Anthony Davis to try to get the Lakers mm. to move on them. Um, I think it's clear that, you know, all things being equal, the Celtics probably provide the most realistically good package for the Pelicans. But because of the way that Kyrie Con- Kyrie Irving's contract is structured, they can't right. move on Davis until they unload Kyrie, whether in a trade for Davis or a precursor to a Davis trade. And that's just not going to happen before February 7th. So, you know, or probably not, I guess. And so, you know, this greases the skids for, you know, Rich Paul's best friend to acquire his number two eight, his number two client, right? For Anthony Davis to end up with LeBron in LA and, I think that the timing is very clear. I just, I don't see it coming together. We talked about it last week, and hilariously, um, right after we talked, when I said there's just not going to be any big moves because it takes too long, mm-hmm. um, like immediately after that, the Grizzlies said that Gasol and Conley were on the block, and you know, and then obviously this Davis stuff comes out this week. I I still believe that it's going to be very tough for any of those three guys to get moved uh, before next week, but that's just because I feel like. Everything moves so glacially in the NBA. Yeah, and you know the Pelicans don't really have any incentive to move him immediately, other than you know let's potentially kickstart the rebuild and let's just know what we have moving forward. But there's a right. there's certainly better a, pick. Well, I mean, is there because there's certainly a benefit to knowing what the selection is rather than trading for an arbitrary pick. Oh, true. I meant their own pick. Oh, oh like, for sure. The idea oh, that sure. they would then go into tank mode and yeah. Yeah, so this is it's, it's all very fascinating, um, and like you said, the Celtics can't make a move uh, for Davis this year because of the Kyrie contract. Now they could acquire him this off season while still keeping Kyrie. It would be a new deal at that point. So there's a lot to lots to take in. I don't. I just. I don't know how I feel about this. I. I don't know where your head's at. I do actually think he's going to be traded. But I don't think it's going to be before the deadline. Before the deadline, but I don't think it's wow. going to be to the Lakers or the Celtics. I think we're going to see some mystery team, just like like Oklahoma City came out of nowhere to get Paul George, like the Raptors came out of nowhere to get Kawhi Leonard. That's going to come up and make a move for Davis, and I, and I think the success that Toronto's having with uh, Kawhi in you know as a Raptor is really going to embolden teams because we've seen you know. Paul George was always going to leave for the Lakers. Kawhi Leonard was always going to leave for Los Angeles. Maybe that's not the case. You know, Paul George just re-upped with the Thunder, and that is one of the better-looking teams in the Western Conference. That's a really fun team right now. So there's a 
there's a huge advantage to getting Davis in now, having him on your team for a year and a half to familiarize himself you know, with the organization, with the city and all of that, and for you to familiarize yourself with Davis to sort of uh, grease the wheels in terms of keeping him. Yeah, for sure. I think that, and I think that Anthony Davis specifically is more of a Paul George type where I, I could see him ultimately doing that um, and being convinced. I mean, I think that the Rich Paul thing is a factor sure. that wasn't at play um, with, you know, Kawhi and with, uh, with Paul George. And we'll see how Kawhi ends up. But I think that that's, a fair statement. I mean, I just ultimately, I feel like it's just bound for the Lakers, but I'm interested to hear why you think that, because I think that another mitigating factor here is what is the best package that could come the way of the Pelicans, you know? And I mean, I, I, I think ultimately the Celtics clearly have the best piece mm-hmm. that they're, that, it, you know, could potentially be dealt unless, you know, the Pelicans are obsessed with Porzingis or, you know, they like a young group of players. I, I personally think the Celtics clearly have the best and it would behoove them to wait unless, you know, a team like, say, the Blazers come at them with McCollum and others and, you know, and they feel like that is the best bridge between this era and the next one without completely shutting it down and starting it back up. Well, I think this this goes to a more intrinsic question of what do the Pelicans want to do next? Because yeah, you know, there are two very sure. different paths they can take here. We're at the fork in the road, as it were. They can blow this thing up and completely rebuild, or they can try and stay competitive-ish, even if they're not all that competitive right now with Davis. And you know, it's easy for me to say you blow this thing up, but it's harder to oh, do yeah, in practice. Sure. Well, I, I kind of think they could potentially do both. Like, it's a shame the Celtics can't make the move now because I think a package of Tatum, some of those first-rounders, and, you know, even though those firsts aren't, you know, top, top picks, mm-hmm. I mean, some combination of those is probably close to the best at doing both things because Tatum, you know, I, I know he hasn't had a great year, but, like, you know, he's probably the best individual talent, again, that they could get. And then if you add to that potentially lottery picks, albeit in like, or like mid firsts in, you know, not a great deep draft. I think that excites the fan base more than like unknown picks in a potentially bad draft, you know, like, so Mike, I know we're, I'm sure we're going to get into specific packages here because that's kind of what we do. Yeah. But like, (laughs) I mean, for me, I'm not sure that any of those other teams that you're talking about, like, I think, look, I think that the Oladipo Paul George trade is instructive here mm-hmm. because that bridged the gap. And I know George only had one year left, so you can expect someone of Oladipo's caliber, you know, before the trade, obviously, plus more for Davis. And uh, and I, I'm interested to see if we can find something that's close to that. People keep using that Pacers trade as an example, and I think it's just such an outlier that it's fair to even compare. It is, yeah. You know, when that yeah. <laughs> that first year. He was not he was not Victor Oladipo. You know, this is a guy, he goes in Orlando, he's a 16-point-a-game scorer. In Oklahoma City, he's a 15.9-game uh, scorer. He jumps to Indiana, uh, Indianapolis with those Indianapolis Pacers. And, uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's 23 points a game. He's maybe the best shooting guard in basketball. And that speaks more to Oladipo's work ethic and just pure dumb luck than anything else. Because I just don't think I don't give I don't give the Pacers as much credit as other people do. I think they really got lucky here. 
They know that, by the way. They know that it came together way quicker than they expected. I mean, part of the win in making a trade of a player of that caliber um, like George or Davis is that you do expect to go in the tank for a year. And that is kind of a benefit because, you know, ancillarily, you're basically going to get better. I mean, you're going to I mean, you're going to get a better pick. And by proxy, you're going to get a much better player um, in the draft. And so that's kind of what, you know, the I think the Oladipo thing was like, they they thought they were getting a starting caliber player, like a third mm-hmm. or fourth best player on a champion, and they ended up with probably the second best player on a champion. And that's that's awesome, obviously. But obviously they also lost the pick a little bit as far as – and you take that because Oladipo is so good sure. or was so good. And so, you know, I, I just mean like I think they could get that caliber of talent as a starter – for Davis, like like a starting caliber player right now to bridge the gap, like a Zach Levine type. Like if you look at that Jimmy Butler trade, that might be even more um, instructive because Butler did have a couple of years left on his deal, and um, you know obviously much older, but kind of similar in terms of what you're looking for. A dra- you're looking for draft capital. You're looking for you know a bridge starter and maybe two young players. I mean, again, like you said, it depends what they're looking for, but. To me, that that'd be my guess. Is like it, they'd rather do something like that than to get like a DeRozan type, which is what Popovich was looking for uh, in you know in the Kawhi trade. Right. So what you're saying is the Bulls are going to trade Zach Levine and their first round pick for Anthony Davis. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Got to throw Jabari like, in that to make the salaries work. Ah, uh, right, right. <laughs> well, it's funny because there have been, if we're going to kick this out, there have been talks around here. Obviously, Davis from Chicago, but Brian Windor said in no uncertain terms that Anthony Davis does not want to come home. Um, yeah. And who could blame him with, you know, the trials and tribulations of Jim Boylan? But you know, if you were starting to build a, a package, I think the Bulls could throw probably just as much as any other team in the league at the Pelicans for Davis. I just don't think that, you know, it makes sense to do that if you're just going to burn it all down again in two years. Well, we're, I'm going to talk about the Bulls and how this uh, Anthony Davis trade could affect them a little bit later when we start talking about the other effects of Davis demanding mm-hmm. a trade and maybe mm-hmm. the other players that could be available. But let's let's focus on Davis right mm-hmm. now. And let's look at those first piece. You know, for, at first I think we need to establish – what do we think New Orleans wants to do? You know, this is a team right now, 23 wins. They're sitting near the bottom of the Western Conference and, you know, fourth from the bottom. Hopeless. Do they have to rebuild? I mean, is there a scenario where, especially in the West, they can acquire pieces that are going to keep the keep them competitive? Or is this, let's blow it up, let's get a bunch of draft picks, let's get a bunch of young players, and let's see what, uh, you know, you know, Let's get. Let's try and get that fourteen percent chance to get Zion Williamson with one of those four worst records, because New Orleans is in a really interesting position, where it would not be hard to have basically nothing on their salary cap next year. Yeah, well, so there's two things there. One is, you know, how do you get good? It's it, there are a couple different a- avenues, and one of them is like, will players come play? in new orleans like will no. will you be able to draw and I, I just don't see that being their avenue to success short of keeping davis so like a thing around you know a team around built around drew holiday and like say they traded say they take like a portland off say portland even was willing to offer mccollum and zach collins in a first mm-hmm. round pick and you know a little bit more i mean i, I don't even know 
that I don't that's probably not even enough to get you the eight seed. And I mean, going forward, it definitely doesn't get you Zion. And, you know, I, I just think you're kind of in forever purgatory. So agreed. I don't see. I, I don't, I mean, look, Del, Del Demps is from the pop tree. He's going to listen to what Popovich has to say. That strikes me as something closer to what Pop would do. But, you know, intelligently speaking, I agree with you. Like, you're much closer to bottoming out than you are to getting all the way. And that's, unfortunately, the unfortunate reality of where they're at because they just failed at getting stuff around Davis as much as they tried with Cousins and others. So, you know, they lose Miritich after this season. Holiday, look, he's a complimentary guy. He's fun, but he's a complimentary guy. And then that's it. And so I agree with you. It'd be very much, much easier to trade Davis for future assets and, you know, bail on Drew Holiday, get what you can get, and just go from there. I think that I think that's the kind of package they're looking for if I'm if I'm them. I agree, I agree with you 100%, and I'm glad we're going to go that route because it's the much more interesting route. Uh, but yeah. one other thing that you mentioned that I don't know if you saw the story – You're right. Demps is a pop guy. And pop told him straight out, avoid the Lakers. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he did the same. And um, first of all, I love that. (laughs) I love that approach. But at the end of the day, you're only beholden to your fan base and to your organization. And so if the Lakers were to come to them with the best package, I think you owe it to your franchise to not be bitter about where Davis wants to go. And just, you know, do the best thing for you. And, um, you know, I, I the only way that they, you know, that that they have to trade with the Lakers if, is if Davis comes out, he gets another tampering charge, but he comes out and says, I'm literally not resigning anywhere else. So trade mm-hmm. me to the Lakers um, or else whoever's trading for me is just they're going to be giving up assets for a rental. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think you still just take that risk if you're another team anyway, for the reasons you said earlier. So, yeah. but I, I do think ultimately the Lakers will have one of the top two or three groups that once we go through this thing. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that all speaks to how much you like the young players in L.A., uh, a handful of which I think are massively overrated, although Brandon Ingram put 36 on the Sixers last night. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, I think it was the first time he'd ever scored above 27, <laughs> literally in a game since high school, by the way, uh, and wow. just came out of nowhere. But... Yeah, I, I do think that's the way to go. So let's say that we're going to blow this up. And, you know, if I'm New Orleans, I'm not any pick you get this year is going to be a benefit. You know, if it's if it's Boston or whoever, and if you can acquire an extra top 10 pick, great. But it's not going to be the end of the world for me. They're, they pick 11 right now. You know, they're going to bottom out, even though we always see teams do this. Like they're on this little winning streak right now, but we always see this. You know, guy goes away, something happens with the team, everybody else plays above their head because of the adrenaline of the situation and all of that. That goes away, it normalizes. If Anthony Davis is not a Pelican, they're going to be one of the five worst teams, they're going to have one of the five worst records, and they'll have an excellent shot at one of these couple of, uh, you know, top picks in the draft. Even if it's not Zion, by the way, John Morant would be a really interesting building block for that Pelicans team moving forward. You know, they had uh, another pretty good point guard in the past, and Morant's kind of the opposite side of the Chris Paul coin. <laughs> yeah, yes, he is. I, I mean, look, what are you doing with Drew Holiday? That's part of it, too. And uh, I mean, I think an interesting theory would be trying to extract more by trading both Holiday and you know, and Davis in this. And I think that that would get them the most that they could get. I, It's interesting. So do you think that they'll end up trading him by the deadline? You said you mentioned it earlier that you thought it might happen. You, you yes. believe that? 
Yes. So that means you're taking the Celtics out of it. Yes. I believe Davis will be traded, and I would expect I would expect at least one, potentially two other guys to be traded. Interesting. Okay, so that means Holiday. And in that scenario, I think it does. That does not mean Holiday right sense. now, by the way. I think they want to move okay. Holiday. Let's not forget, Davis plus Holiday, while I, and first of all, I don't think you need to attach anything to Anthony Davis to make him more valuable. Anthony Davis no is way. one of the five best players in basketball. And no, atta- no. attaching Drew Holiday, I know, I know you, it's an attempt to get as much as possible, but I actually right. think individual trades makes more sense because attaching Davis to Holiday, all of a sudden that's $51 million a team's got to absorb. And that that's is true. not Good going point. to be easy. Um, no. Let's, so let's look at Davis. Let's see what kind of team we can build for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, let's look at Davis, $25 million this year. Let's see. I don't think there's a trade kicker. He does not have a trade kicker, it looks like. So it's a straight twenty-five. Who are the who are the top candidates? So we've got he wants to play for a team that's a winner. I don't think that you know the the one team that's the wild card in all this is Sacramento. By the way, I think they could try to do something crazy because I think hmm. Vivek is that kind of guy. But let's let's really focus on <laughs> on playoff caliber teams. Uh, let's let's go through these conferences. The Milwaukee Bucks. Do they make a move for Anthony Davis? They allegedly, Kevin Clark, I think of the Ringer, said that they are they either they've already put something out there or they've tried. Um, you know, I just don't see how they have the assets to get Davis. Like I've, I've been all aboard them trying um, for any of these guys, but I just don't see any avenue to them getting Davis. Okay, so what does uh, Middleton? It's it has to start with be, yeah. It has to start with Middleton, 100%. You're right. Yeah. Middleton, Mid- Brogdon, Bledsoe doesn't, still doesn't get you close. Yeah, Middleton, Brogdon, Bledsoe, and I, and I, a bevy of draft picks. You're right. right. Probably, do, probably doesn't picks. get you close. No, I mean, close. the only way it does is if Pop, again, if Pop's in Dempsey's ear and Demps is saying, listen, I want to... I want to build this thing up. I want to have the closest thing to a competitor right now. Um, and even then, I'm not mm-hmm. sure that that's enough. So I, I would right. unfortunately cross the bucks off. Okay. Toronto Raptors. Are they an option? Yeah. So you start with Siakam. And yeah, absolutely. He is a fantastically interesting piece to this. Yeah. But I still... I don't think there's enough there either. Um, you know, Siakam's certainly interesting, no doubt okay. about it. But I, I, I how don't about know. this? I think there's well, better out there. Let's just start listing some possible trades, though, just so we have some comp- points of comparison. Okay. Let, all right, so all let's, right. Fair enough. Let's say this does start with Siakam. I think we both agree that that's what it has to be. Uh, let's say you know OG Ananobi's in this. Yep. Um, so at that point, you know, this is interesting cap wise because those two make such little amounts of money those two combine for only uh 3.5 million which leaves <laughs> us 22 million on the table and that gets us to serge Ibaka. yeah and that so, gets you there with a cap what is that is almost exactly 25 million siakam uh ananobi and Ibaka. do we first rounders do first, they have firsts uh let's see the toronto raptors if they have a first round pick, it's obviously not going to be very good. The Toronto Raptors, uh, or not? Or were they gone to the to the Spurs and that in the DeRozan? It's, they do uh, not have a first deal. round pick. They do not have a first yeah. round pick this year. So that 
definitely hurts. Yeah, uh, all right. I, I so, would cross them off. I'm going to leave it just because we need this is this is currently the best offer. OK, fair <laughs> enough, because I, I think that's I think something around Siakam and Abaka is better than Middleton. OK. Um, all right. So in the east, I, I don't think you, the Pacers can't do anything, right? No, no okay. way. The Sixers can't do anything. The Celtics are out of it. Do the Nets make a play here? This one wouldn't shock me. Uh, so you're starting with Russell and what? You're going with like Joe Harris and what else? Yeah, it's I guess the value, getting the value in return. Well, Jared Allen, Jared Allen needs to be in the trade. Karis LeVert's right. going to need to be in the trade. Dinwiddie can't be traded because he just signed the extension. So mm. is something like, oh, God. <laughs> there, there needs to be a filler in there somewhere. Uh, Dudley's going to have to be in to be a filler. So do, does Russell, Dudley, Lavert, Allen beat Siakam, Ananobi, Abaka? No. No way. Okay. The Raptors by far on that one. Yeah. Okay. Then the I want to. You kind of brush past the Sixers. Is there no way to make that work? No, I will talk at length about my plans for the 76ers once we come back from a break and we start talking about non-Anthony Davis trades. But okay. as much as I would love to, as as much as I would love to, you know, play NBA 2K19 GM here, I just I don't think it's feasible. You would have to you would have to move Butler. You know, I've there, I've seen a lot of talk of would you trade Simmons for Anthony Davis? Yep, that's and, what I was gonna say. Elephant in the room. It would be interesting, but what does it really do for you? It gets you two dominant big guys in an era where the big guy's going away. Yeah, but there's you know there's always the reaction, right? There's the there's the move, and then there's the counter move, and you know I think that they tried to do something like that with Cousins and Davis, and while it didn't work super well, it would be at least interesting to see how that works. But I, I agree, obviously it's it's a pipe dream type of thing, and and. Yeah, I mean, it definitely isn't happening before the deadline. No, I'm very interested in adding a power forward to the roster from that team. It just doesn't happen to be Anthony Davis. Yeah, um, I think I have an idea. Exactly. You know, we're talking about. <laughs> I can't even think of who the backup is in New Orleans. So. <laughs> Solomon Hill. Um, yes. <laughs> the Miami Heat. Can they get into this? Mm. Oh man. By the so, way, I'm, I kind of feel for, I kind of feel for uh, New Orleans right now. For Dell Demps and go. Yeah, this yeah. is not not an ideal time. Well, uh, I think the more interesting ones are out last, personally. But sure, yeah, sure, sure. That, I mean, I don't. Whatever they have, it's not better than Siakam and Ananobi. Uh, well, okay. So the I guess the biggest trade chip is Josh Richardson. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's not that's a huge not chip to me. I like yeah. Richardson's a very good player, but he's not the he's not the best player you want. Although uh, I'm going to say something: is it crazy to think Josh Richardson could be the Victor Oladipo in this trade? No, I mean we we I think we talked about him with respect to the Butler possibilities back in the, a couple months ago, and I I actually think you made that exact comparison, which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, he could be. I think that that's a little bit of a leap. I mean, look, there are just so only so few guys like Oladipo. So 
um, that make that leap every few years. So I, I think that it's more likely that Siakam is that guy. So Richardson went from 12.9 points a game last year to 17.5 this year, mm-hmm. uh, shooting shooting 37% from three, 3.7 rebounds, 3.9 assists. Uh, you know, the trademark excellent defense continues. I don't know that it's crazy to think. I don't, you know, I don't know that his upside's Oladipo, but I also don't know that it's not. The problem with this is I don't know who the second piece is. I don't think they have a Demonis Sabonis to add to Josh Richardson. Yeah, do they have? Is it Adebayo? I mean, that's that's not. I was going to say, is it Adebayo? Is it is it? Uh, you know, how much are they obsessed with Justice Winslow still? And I don't know. I think that Justice Winslow might tricky. stink. Yeah, I know, but he's still, you know. He's he's a piece that you'd be looking at if you're New Orleans and you're you know you're taking shots here, and you know you get the pick. I think Miami's pick is certainly way better than the other ones we've talked about here so far. So, you know, yeah. it's not it's not okay. quite there. Wait, what about? Did we blow by the Pacers? Yeah, well, about, I asked you. I asked you if the Pacers could do anything, and you said probably not. I said probably not, but now I'm thinking about it more. What about something around Miles Turner? Okay. Um, just, Turner, just, to, just to do housekeeping, just to do housekeeping here for the sake of our, of the show. Do we like Richardson, Adebayo, Winslow more than Siakam, Ananobi, Ibaka? I don't. Okay. Personally. Ooh, I think, Siak- I think close, but... Siakam's a budding star. I think that the pick, you throw a Miami Heat first rounder in there, that the becomes, have, if they have one. The Heat have the number do. 16 pick in the draft right now. So that's. You know, that's a pretty worthwhile asset there. Okay. I would consider that. Or maybe right. if you can extract the 16 for in a Drew Holiday trade, that'd be interesting. We'll get to that. All right. Well, let's let's say Richardson Adebayo Winslow number 16 is our new number one. Um, mm, that would be interesting because I think Davis would entertain the idea of staying in Miami. Oh, for, I think so, too. I think so, too. Now, <laughs> Davis plus... Um, Plus, Hassan Whiteside is an interesting fit. Yeah. Oh, I thought when we first mentioned them, I thought Whiteside would be someone that might go the other way, but just such an albatross with the contract, and I think you'd probably avoid that. Exactly right. Uh, although, there, this is one of the few teams where there is kind of an opportunity for a bigger trade, because Whiteside and Holiday almost make exactly the same amount. Mm. So That's is, interesting. Yeah, is... Davis Holiday, you get you get both of those. You get Richardson, Adebayo, Winslow, Whiteside, the sixteen pick, and the maybe next two sw- firsts. Yeah, swap rights or something like that. Yeah, well, those swap rights certainly aren't in jeopardy of happening anytime no. soon. If you're the Pelicans, I think you just take the next two first. That would be that's pretty interesting there. And you're okay. going across conferences. Wait, wait, wait. And, here's yeah. here's the problem. Here's the problem. Um, so this is nineteen. The Stapian rule says, the Stapian rule says you can't trade two consecutive ones. Philadelphia has Miami's unprotected 2021. So all they could do, they could do 19 first, swap rights 2022, and a 23 first. Yeah, that's, uh, that doesn't provide a ton of value, but at least it's something. I, I, I think you're right about breaking that down with Justin Holiday or Drew Holiday and just waiting and breaking okay. that off probably. Okay. Done. New number yeah. one option. But that's interesting. This is this is our new number one right now. Uh let's let's go back to Indiana. We can talk about that. Indiana, you know 
I don't know. Is, has Miles Turner taken that taken that jump you're really looking for? No, um, but I think that you know when you talk about someone who's a young big man you can build around, um, you know, from not far away. You got and then I, I really like Sabonis. I think that's the piece that makes me interested. Um, okay. You know, it's basically a tank job for the Pacers the rest of this year. I mean, obviously Davis makes you better. It makes you close as a get. It's not a tank job. I shouldn't say that. They, they just. But next, it'd be about next year for them. You know, it'd basically be a one-year Oladipo. See what you got with Oladipo and, uh, you know, Oladipo and Davis together and maybe add some free agent pieces and just take a shot at it. I All think right. that'd be interesting. But Turner, now that I Turner, think about it. Turner makes 3.2, Sabonis 2.6, which is only 5.8, 5.9 when we add in the rest of it. We need another $20 million in this trade. So, How much is, like... Tyreek making or Tyreek make Tyreek you would need to attach Collison and Tyreek potentially. Okay, so you're so you're the, the Pacers are gutting the roster, right? And then you get the first, you get the Pacers first next year, which okay, you know, there's another piece Davis here. And nobody else around him. If I'm New Orleans, and I'm not even just saying this to be funny, I'm saying this because I've loved him forever. I don't do this trade without Aaron Holiday. <laughs> I don't. I think Aaron Holiday is a really good young player. There you go. So, so I want Ho- Holiday in there. I, the problem is it doesn't add anything to the cap. It still only brings us to seven. So it would have to be all right. So do we think Turner? First of all, is the question here is is this now too much? Um, is Turner Sabonis Holiday too much to give up? Are you mortgaging your future and a first? And I mean, and the filler, which is you know, Evans and Collison. Yeah, I think you're you basically don't have a roster. It's it's literally no. just to try and get an Oladipo Davis situation going next year. And I mean, I first of all, I don't think this is the type of trade the Pacers ever make, just because they're more conservative. But I think it'd be fun to see them try. Uh, but you know. I like the package personally. I think that it's pretty close to what the Heat can do. Um, it doesn't command the same top shelf star power, but if you're looking to fill a bunch of gaps and be competitive, it's it's. I really like Sabonis. I think Sabonis is a is a really good young player, but um, super efficient, and I'd like to see him with more minutes. But uh, yeah, it's probably not enough. Uh, but I don't. I'm not sure that this isn't too much. So you would do it if you're the Pelicans. If I was the Pelicans, I don't I don't know that I'm getting better than this. Like there might be flashier names, but I don't know that I'm getting a better trade. And again, it, it yeah. all does completely go back to, you know, what are they trying to do? Because this isn't so much a blow it up trade. This is a try and stay competitive trade because this first round pick, I mean, it's not going to be significant. Right. You're basically trading the Pacers starting lineup, right, for the next few years minus Oladipo straight up for Davis and and you're just hoping to build around that first your next first and then whatever you get for Drew Holiday which I think I think that's pretty close to being like a borderline playoff team in the West by next year I think the biggest risk you're going to take here if you're the Pacers is Anthony Davis might just be miserable for the rest of the year and that can color his opinion on whether or not he wants to stay regardless of what happens with Oladipo next year because all of a sudden, we're looking at a team that is, you know, Anthony Davis, Thad Young, Bogdanovich, Corey Joseph, uh, McDermott. Yeah. 
Like this is a yeah, they're going to be a pretty bad team. That they're not as good as the Pelicans. No. Right now. Definitely not. No, definitely not. But that's the risk you run when you demand a trade. Like no, it doesn't just mean you're going to the, to the Lakers. I think that that's the fallacy in what he and Rich Paul have done here. Okay. All right, we'll keep we'll keep that on the list. I I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm honestly not sure the Pacers do that. I think they like what they have. Now, yeah. but but then again, the enticing opportunity to add an Anthony Davis does not come around all the time. So you just that look, they, that they've been on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. All right. Uh, I don't know. That, is there another team in the East? The Heat? The Hornets can't do anything, right? That Miles. Um, oh, God. Why can't I even think of his name? Who's the, the rookie? Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges and oh, Malik yeah. Monk. That's not enough to get a trade done, right? And the first. The first is pretty tempting. That's a tasty first coming back. But you, and then for Anthony Davis, you're playing with Kemba Walker. It gives the Hornets a chance to, you know, potentially sell him on staying. I don't know. Let's do. Let's see what. Let's see what the other pieces are then. Let's go to. Let's go to Charlotte. Monk. Well, oh, I don't think they can get out of that Batum contract. So Monk. MKG maybe. Monk is 3-4, Bridges is 3-2, which means 6-2. We need to get it to at least 22. Tony so, Parker? Uh, Biom- well, Biombo almost 100% makes it work by himself. Oh, so Bridges, Batum, Monk. Biombo, or Parker? I don't know. Batum's tough because he's $25 million next year, and then he's got a player option for 27 that he probably picks up. Oh, because yeah, I, don't, no. I don't think he's going to do better than that. Yeah. Um. Biombo has a player option for 17. That's a risky run next year. But I guess Marvin Williams gets you pretty close. and he, He's 15 next year. I don't know. Um, I think they want to get rid of Kaminsky, uh, Kaminsky too, if they would, if uh, New Orleans is interested. So what are we – this is Monk, Bridges, Biombo, and a first? And, that, again, that's probably the best first we've talked about so far. And eventually we are going to have to start talking about the value of firsts because I think those are – you know, we're talking about young players, but the the temptation of a first and, like, all the excitement that comes along with draft picks is is pretty big. So Okay, so right I, now that I think that's Charlotte's – fifth, Absolutely. Charlotte's 15, Miami is 16 right now. So we're talking about very comp- comparable first-round picks. But I think Charlotte's, even with Davis, is staying around there, whereas with the Heat with Davis, I think they get better, if that makes sense. Actually, I, I mean, don't know, because you got I, Kemba. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think, Maybe not. That seems pretty good. I don't know that that's not a six seed. I think yeah, they can I think they could jump. type of six seed. Oh, yeah. No, I don't want to play them. If I'm, if I'm that three seed, I don't want to see them in the first round. Like, right now, that would be Pacers-Hornets. Hornets win that in a heartbeat. Obviously, the Pacers are going to drop because of the Oladipo thing, but I'm not sure that's not a sweep with with Walker and Davis against this Pacers team. Very true. Yeah, I, I, that's probably the most fun team that we've talked about as far as like getting him onto a group and making that interesting because of the consequences of what it would mean for Kemba Walker staying and and all that. So, um, and just Detroit or Washington? Do we have anything there? Both. I, I was gonna say I was gonna bring up Beal. So okay, no, I'm glad you didn't go to Detroit because I see nothing there. Let's talk Washington. No, no. I think just straight up a Beal, Beal and what for Davis? 
So Beal's 25, basically makes exactly the same money as Davis. You don't need to worry about contracts any of that anymore. Uh, you know, they have Thomas Bryant, who's playing reasonably well. They have uh, they have uh, Thomas Santoroski, Santoransky, who's playing well. Mm. They have Troy Brown's their first-round pick this year, who I don't really love. Beal Porter? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so Beal and Porter, would be t- we'd have to talk about – Davis and Holidays were were at almost exactly the same salaries. Porter and Beal mm. as Davis and Holiday. We're talking in excess of fifty million dollars. So Beal, Porter, a first and swap rights for Davis and Holiday. Mm-hmm. Does New Orleans do that? I don't know. I'm asking you. I. I... Uh-huh. I think New Orleans is probably, giving up the first one, and but. third best players in that trade. I think Drew Holiday is substantially better than Otto Porter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I don't. I was when I was looking at this, I was but trying Porter to figure out a. And... Yeah, I mean, he's young. He's not that much younger. I think Porter's like 25, 26. <laughs> Holiday's twenty eight. I was trying yeah. to figure out a way this could work for John Wall, but they're just. It mm-hmm. would have to be Wall and like thirty seven first round picks, and it's just it doesn't work. Because <laughs> I do think yeah. Washington's an interesting dark horse. I do too. Um, man, a team of Beal and Davis would be fun. That would be right. really fun. But I don't see the way that that actually, if you could somehow get Wall and a million first, and somehow get Drew Holiday over there too. But there's just no way. Yeah, it would have to be Wall and Porter for, and all of a sudden you have Holiday and uh, actually Holiday and Beal would be a really good backcourt together because Drew has That's said. That's what I'm he, thinking. Drew has said he doesn't he doesn't love playing the point guard position. And he likes to play off the ball, and Beal wants the ball in his hands all the time. So I actually think that'd be a really good fit. Right. Um, that's interesting. I, I don't know if they have the young players to tempt them. If if Washington has a one really good, interesting young piece, then I think it's it's feasible. I just don't know that they have that. I think that this is where the idea of a third team which we just totally ignored, but these yeah. trades generally have to be facilitated by a third team anyway, because mm-hmm. there's just the rosters are so limited and, you know, it's tough to go straight up when you've got all these moving parts, but that would be, so you get Troy Brown. I mean, I'm not the biggest Troy Brown fan, but you throw him into that. And I mean, and then you get like, I don't know, you get a first from somebody else and throw Drew Holiday that way. I I, I don't know, but I, I think Wall is a kind of, individual piece that makes this similar if we're looking for like a Kawhi for DeRozan proxy you know that that could be the way to get it done well and you're also de facto tanking since Wall's out for the year right right and that's you know we've talked that's a peripheral benefit too if not an overt benefit all right let's say let's call this Wall Troy Brown and the Washington number the Washington number one and a future number one. By the way, the number one would be the eighth pick in the draft. So that is Very the best nice. one we've seen so far in a future one. And your pick would probably be the best of any of these other trades. Like I would if think you're the so. Pelicans, your pick would move up the most. So you're looking at two top potentially two top five or six picks. Yeah, in um, a draft in a draft where you don't really want to pick after two. But Right. <laughs> certainly <laughs> Fair after enough. three. Yeah. Well, yeah. agreed. We we will never agree on RJ Barrett. I'm afraid. <laughs> I I think that once the lottery, if the Bulls were to win the lottery or get a top two pick in the lottery, I think 
your opinion of R.J. Barrett would start to turn. It could. It could. It very well could. We'll see. I, yeah, I'm not right. disputing that. Right now, I think you might have to. You're in that stage, just like I was for so many years, where I'm like, oh, yeah, Brandon Ingram. That could work. <laughs> Be excited yeah. about that. I can't wait. I can't wait to get, jo- oh, man, Josh Jackson. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, Josh Jackson was really interesting to me too for a while. That was that was a mistake, but we'll yeah. see. I look, I we'll see. All right, um, I would just like to get into the top three and not have the tankathon effect apply to the Bulls in real life. Fair enough. I the Knicks are a team that's been, been talked about with Davis a ton. Is there is there anything they do? You think is this is it even does it even make sense for the Knicks to make this trade? I I think that you know you you said you just wanted to talk playoff teams. I think the Knicks are interesting because you know fine whatever Rich Paul says is fine, but it doesn't mean that you know one of these teams doesn't have the most they can give them. And I think the Knicks are in a spot where they plan on getting a lot better very quickly. Mm-hmm. So if they do something like Porzingis knocks in a first, I mean that's got to be real interesting if I'm if I'm New Orleans. Okay, uh, we're gonna have salary issues with this team. So in order for this to work, the Knicks also have to make a bunch of other trades because if if they're trading for Davis, they're trading for Davis with the thought that they're going to add another big piece this offseason. Correct. And, and right for now sure. you're sitting there with, you know, Noah's contract, Hardaway's contract, Lee's contract, Lance Thomas's contract, all of those mm. fairly substantial next year. Um, How's Cantor's? Cantor's, a, Cantor's an expiring and would be a good fit for this trade. So right. this this could be something like Cantor, Porzingis, and Knox actually works straight up. And a first. All right, let's call it Cantor, Porzingis. I mean, okay, so now we're at the point where Porzingis is the best individual player in this trade. No question. But and, one, one that comes with big you question could flip. Say so you flip. I know the Knicks have been trying to do this, but you just find that third team that's interested in Cantor. Whatever Cantor was going to be traded for from a potential playoff team you know you just give that to the pelicans instead right let's let's take our break and uh, we'll be right back hey guys chris here and i wanted to talk to you about SeatGeek. i have the SeatGeek app on my phone and i have found it to be the easiest way to shop for tickets i can be anywhere and with just a few clicks i can find the seats i'm looking for i actually just used the app earlier this week I wanted to go to watch the opening round of March Madness, but tickets were hard to come by, as you would imagine. But that wasn't the case on SeatGeek. There were plenty of tickets to choose from, and I found great seats and had an amazing time watching some fantastic basketball. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites and comparing prices to find you the best deal possible. And you get the most bang for your buck here. SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats to fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and use promo code TAILS today. That's promo code TAILS, T-A-L-E-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek is my preferred way to buy tickets. Use it today and it'll become yours as well. 
All right, we're back, and I'm excited about this one. With me, John Manessis from Skybook Sportsbook. John, Super Bowl week is finally here. I, I can't believe the season's over, for the record. I can't believe the season's going to be over, but this is the most exciting week of the year for football, and Skybook has been an incredible partner for us throughout this whole season. Uh, you guys have consistently spectacular lines and exciting things to bet on, both in football, you know, entertainment, and other sports. What do you guys have going on special for the big game this week? Chris, yes, it definitely is kind of bittersweet that the uh, football season's uh, over. Um, bitter because I've had we've had so much fun over here. It's been mm. incredible, uh, strong season, and uh, kind of bitter because uh, you know, or sweet because uh, the uh, the Super Bowl's here, right? This mm. is what we're all anticipated, and with anticipation, we're bringing. Uh, you know, all your listeners, 75% cash plus another 25% free play bonus. That's what we call our super bonus. That's the promo. So what does this all mean, Chris? Basically, Chris, we're talking, uh, you know, if you open up an account, go online, go to uh, skybook.ag, open up an account, deposit 200 bucks or more, and you're going to get 75% cash bonus on that. On top of that, you're going to get another 25% free play bonus. So two times a win, right? So um, I mean, this is this is one of many uh, unheard of uh, bonuses that we're giving away here at uh, Skybook.ag, but definitely something to take advantage of. Um, I mean, right now with with uh, the Patriots and the Rams, uh, you know, we want to we want to definitely do something, win big on this, right? You want to mm-hmm. take the take, take the house. So this is your chance. We're going to dive into these props a little bit because I'm, I'm very interested in this quarterback matchup. But I'm just curious, where's the money been going? Who uh, Who's the money been on, Rams or Patriots? You know, right now, there isn't really – it's a little early to tell. But from what we're looking at and what history tells us is money's more going to go towards the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, the spread we have, uh, you know, Skybooks got it at minus two. Uh, minus 115 uh, for the New England Patriots to be the the favorite, but um, you know things can change. Right now we're what we're, we're still early in the week. We're gonna we're gonna see what happens. Usually, I want to say more than half of all the bets are gonna come in on Super Bowl Sunday themselves. Okay, so uh, we'll see what happens with with that. But we're thinking most of the action is gonna be laid on. Uh, on New England because yes, you know you got to factor a lot of things in there, Chris. Right? I mean, mm. they're the ones that have, they've had they've had the experience. They've how many times has Tom Brady been to the Super Bowl already? Is this like his eighth or ninth time? Correct? Yeah, that's correct. You know, you got Bill Belichick, you got Gronk, you know, and uh, and you know, and, and it's not to just you know, it's not to put down the the Rams. The Rams have done an excellent excellent um, season considering they're so new to LA, right? Um, and considering they had a much harder conference than the, than the uh, than the New England Patriots, but um, we're thinking uh, that uh, the Patriots they do have that uh, that skill, they have that experience. So uh, uh, that that's why our players are are laying action on the Patriots more than the Rams. But yeah, th- anything can change. Oh, absolutely, and it will <laughs> throughout the course of the game for sure. This is one of the more interesting Super Bowls in a while, which is, which is weird. Cause I don't know. It seems like, it seems like the, it's not the most anticipated that we've had, but I think this is a really, really interesting Super Bowl. You know, you've got, 
a head coach who is eight years younger than the starting quarterback of the other team. That's fascinating. You have maybe the greatest quarterback to ever play football, the 199th pick in the draft, going up against the young upstart for uh, future, excuse me, former number one pick, Jared Goff, sort of a passing of the torch kind of thing. There's the question of how long will Brady stick around? How long will Belichick stick around? How long will Gronkowski stick around? Now, I'm an Eagles fan. So I got to watch this Patriots team lose spectacularly last year. It was one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite awesome. sports moments ever. Watching Nick Foles outduel Tom Brady, who throws for 505 yards in the Super Bowl. I can't wait to see what happens this week. You know, we've got Brady versus Goff. And I want to I want to talk about some of these props. Let's let's start with this. You know, your passing yards, you guys have uh, you guys reverse skybook have Brady minus seven and a half in terms of passing yards. Brady, like I said, 505 yards in the Super Bowl last year. Been there, done that. But golf, two hundred two four hundred plus yard games this uh, this year, including four sixty five against the Vikings earlier on. Where do you see this going? Where's the smart money here? The smart money is probably going to be on Tom Brady. Um, that's where it's going to be on because we're our, our lines for Tom Brady passing yards. We're at uh, minus seven and a half, minus one twenty five. That's pretty good. That's that's pretty realistic according to history and stats of what Tom Brady has done before. Now that's not to say that Jared, Jared Goff's not gonna not gonna you know beat the spread, but um, I, you know we, we haven't seen Jared Goff. That's the thing. We haven't seen him in action. We've seen Tom Brady do this many many times over and over again. And yes, you know like 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 I tell all the players out there, you know you 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 you, you of course you have your teams and you love your teams, right? But you got to bet with your mind and not your heart. That's the way it works. Yeah, we don't know if the stage is too big for Jared Goff yet. There's no there's no track record. And like you said, Tom Brady, it's like LeBron James in the NBA Finals. If if there's a championship to be to be competed for, Tom Brady will be there competing for it. Correct, correct. So so we'll see. Of course, uh, this is this is uh, Jared Goff's opportunity to uh, to show us all to show Tom Brady what's going on. But, um, you know, I, I think the smart money is on Tom Brady passing yards. Like I said before, Skybook's got it at seven, minus seven and a half, minus 125. So, um, but like you said, you know, anything can change and it will change during the game. So let's, let's keep our eyes and, and ears open and see what, what's going on. I'm fascinated by how you guys come up with some of these. You know, I'm looking at the Tom Brady, the, basically the first quarterback to throw a touchdown pass. Um, how, do you, how do you come up with that line? A lot of a lot of the lines that we come up with are brought up by historical stats. Number one, mm. number two, um, they're, they're they're brought over from Vegas themselves, right? A lot of the stuff that's happening in Vegas, live action, is brought over through there. And at the same time, Skybook has had has our our lines managers uh, here at Skybook have been with us for the past, you know, since since day one. I mean, as you well know, Chris, we've been around since 1997, yes, and sir. so. That's that's a lot of experience. That's a lot of <laughs> football seasons to go through, you know, to see what's going on, who's who, and um, and and again, these people are 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 seasoned veterans in 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 sports lines, and they're all from Vegas. So uh, we're 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 that's 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 more or less of how these lines are composed, without giving away the secret sauce, right? Sure, sure. You know, the one thing I will say to people who are listening to this right now. Personally, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of different sports books, 
And I will say my experiences with you guys over at Skybook have been as good as any. I've been nothing but impressed the whole time with professionalism, with the layout of the site. Just the whole package is spectacular. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think, you know, if, if one word describes us is our customer satisfaction or our customer experience, that's what Skybook's all about, you know, truthfully. It's, it's all about, you know, your experience. You could go anywhere else and there's a million other sites you know, but are they really going to treat you like we are? Are they really going to give you the lines, the most updated lines? Are they really going to give you the bonuses? Are they really going to give you all those things, you know, in tune and how they're supposed to be done? Skybook yes. has a reputation for that. So. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I am. I'm totally fascinated with all of this stuff. I am. I can't wait for this game. You know, let me ask you, when you when you're talking about like touchdown pass, the total number of touchdown passes thrown in a game or something like that. How much do you have to factor in which, you know, which team you expect to win the game? Because I do feel like those two things correlate a little bit, right? You know, if if Brady is going to throw more touchdown passes than Goff, then does that assume that Brady is going to be down late in the game and the Patriots will have to throw the ball? I just, I'm yeah. fascinated by how lines come together. No, no, definitely, definitely. And I think that the way they do come together is uh, the, the, a lot of the stats come from uh, the teams, what players are playing that day. Uh, a player like Tom Brady, um, you know, he's great, but he's not, he's not, he doesn't make the team. The team makes him, right? So we look at the New England Patriots as a whole. We look at who's playing, who's going to be his wide end receiver, who's going to be his running back, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that is how we'll determine whether he's down um, you know, the first quarter or the, the second quarter or what's going to happen. And that is how we make those lines, according to a little bit of info that's coming in from Vegas. Sure. You guys, there are just so many different things that you guys, you can bet on over at Skybook from warm-ups to what's going to happen in specific quarters to team comparisons, various stuff, wide receivers and tight ends. How much of this, how, like, how much of this gets action? Oh, a lot. You should see Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I mean, this is like like one of our most popular um, uh, prop bets that's going to get action is is the coin toss, right? Yeah. Who's going to win the coin toss? Why? Because that's that's a simple bet, right? I mean, it's right. it's it's it goes down to fifty fifty. It's either going to be heads or tails, and um, you know, so uh, that it's and the lines for that we got them at minus one fifteen for Patriots to win the coin toss or minus 115 for the Rams to win the coin toss. So right. it's real simple. It's like a starter type of bet. And it's easy for people to understand when they, ha they don't really know a lot about sports betting. So that, and that's something that they can relate to. So that's, that's a lot of action that's placed on that. Um, you know, funny bets, Chris, um, bets that are really interesting, stuff like uh, halftime show prep. Uh, prep. Yeah. Those. Those are hilarious, right? I mean, <laughs> we're looking at, um, you know, uh, Adam Levine. You know, well, well is he going to be kneeling during the halftime show? This whole right. kneeling uh, thing that's going on in, in NFL, right? Um, well, what, co what color shoe is he going to be wearing, right? Because, uh, you know, Adam Levine tends to uh, wear these funky different type of colored shoes in any performance that he does. So yeah. they, we've, we've picked that out. Um, Gladys Knight. Well, you know, mm -hmm. what kind of weird dress is she going to be wearing? Because she's very flamboyant, very, very extravagant, right? So um, Maroon 5, you know, they're going to be playing. You know, there's all these little things um, that are, you know, that resonate with 
are, you know, with people, you know, they, you know, people can relate to them. And a lot of people that don't know a lot about sports betting and that's, that's the key for them. They can bet on this and make, make their money this way rather than doing all those other complicated lines. You know, Chris? So it's just kind of a fun way to get in with a very low barrier of entry. You don't have to know a lot, but you still want to take part. You still want to have fun. Skybook's got you covered. You got it. You got it. Skybook does have you covered. And and I think I I wanted to put this out there, Chris. And one of the biggest uh, uh, props that we got going on for is we haven't mentioned this, but MVP award, who's going to win that, right? It's it's all over the internet right now. I mean, uh, I don't know. I I, I want to say this. You know, if I, if I look at the stats, Chris, um, you know, a lot of people are, are putting you know putting action on Tom Brady, and yeah, that's that's a safe bet. You know, uh, Tom Brady's won the MVP award I think three or four times already. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, we got him at minus one twenty, so that's an that's an easy line to 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 try to beat. You know, um, uh, you know. Truthfully, with me, if it was me, and I'm not saying, you know, maybe I am saying that I'm putting some money on, you know, <laughs> on this, yeah. you know, but um, I, I, I like sleeper bets. A sleeper bet for me would be Gronk, to put Gronk as uh, an MVP. Gronk, Gronk, Rob, Rob Gronkowski has had uh, an excellent year. Um, he's, he's just signed that huge uh, $54 million contract. I mean, this guy is, is expected to do incredible stuff, and he's done really well this year. So um, we have him at plus 2,000. Imagine that line. Imagine the money making on that line, right? That's fun. Yeah, and it's, it's a very interesting storyline, too, because there's the questions about whether Gronkowski will be back for next season. So is this, the, is this his swan song? You win the Super Bowl, you win the Super Bowl MVP, you walk away. This is, yeah. The, the storylines are, are endless. Actually, Anshu and I – went on a long tangent during last week's show about uh, about basically parlaying prop bets and trying to bet about whether you know whether Gladys Knight would be kneeling during the Super Bowl with her mic on a mic stand with one of the pips next to her and uh, oh man you guys give us endless endless fodder to talk about on the show and we yeah, we can't thank you enough for that no and and we thank you for for having us on and uh, giving a chance to, uh, to 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 go out to all your listeners and and say you know what come on over you know get take take that knowledge that football knowledge that you guys give your listeners and you know I always tell people put your money where your mouth is right yeah so put it on and start making money with Skybook that's that's the way to do it yeah there is no question that if you want to be more interested more engaged in what's going on you know put down put down a couple of shekels you know put your like you said put your money where your mouth is. Have a little bit of fun, and at the end of the day, win a little bit of money. John Manessis, Skybook Sportsbook, thanks so much for coming on. We'll have to have you back on very soon. Thank you for having me on, Chris, and uh, we're super excited, and uh, thanks again. Awesome. We'll be right back. Hello, my friends. You know, it's that time of the year where we drop bad habits. So how about dropping that heat-trapping, seen-its-better-days, stretched-out old underwear and starting 2019 off right with Tommy John? the revolutionary company that's redefining comfort for men and women. Tommy John has the most comfortable men's and women's underwear on the planet, keeping you neat, nestled, and all in one place. From a soft contour pouch to a time-saving quick-draw fly, it's the perfect solution for guys who constantly adjust themselves. I've got several Tommy John products, and I can personally attest that it is some of the best stuff you can get. 
their latest innovation is their first ever stay tucked dress shirt for men. I've got a t-shirt from them. Uh, it's just the most comfortable material. I can't even explain it in words. You just have to buy it to understand what I'm talking about. And they have the best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free guarantee, which means if you don't love your first pair, you'll get a full refund from them. So hurry to TommyJohn.com slash the underdog right now for 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash the underdog for 20% off only at TommyJohn.com. TommyJohn.com. All right, we're back. All right, so here's a question. And I'm going to harken back to what we were talking about with Miami. So if we're talking Cantor, Porzingis, Knox, and a first, is this now to the point where the Knicks say no? Because right now we'd be trading, you know, a guy who is a, a god in New York and Porzingis, a talented rookie, and the likely number one pick. Yeah, it is too much. I, I definitely think it's too much. But I think that that if if Dell Dumps were to find were to take calls and he were to say look, this is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to take for him. I think the Knicks have to strongly consider it. I mean, it may end up being that it has to be Knox, or I'm sorry, it has to be Porzingis or the one, or Knox or the one, and not Mm -hmm. both. It probably is too much, you know, because, I mean, if you compare it to the other trades, it's so clearly above those. You're right. It's probably too much for those three things, unless you protect it, like top three protect it or something. And then just yeah. make it the one the following year. But that's such a big difference. Right. And also, what kind of team do you even have next year in New York with Anthony Davis, whoever else, and whatever free agent you can sign? I think if the Knicks make this trade, they have to find a way to keep Porzingis. Yeah. I so agree. If, so you're going. What if it's Cantor, Kneeling Kina, Knox, and the number one pick? I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Knox fan, as you know. So I'm. I'm thinking that's close, especially because that one is very likely to be a top three one. Although with Davis, you know, it might be more than that, especially if they have something to play for. Um, when does Porzingis come back? Is he supposed to come back by the end of this year? He won't know? play. He won't play this year. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. How that's about this? Tough. Cantor, Neil and Kina, um, Mitchell Robinson, Knox, number Knox. one pick. I, I don't think that's enough for New Orleans. Really? I don't think so. Number one pick plus Knox. Okay. Uh, how about how about swap rights for a first, first round pick next year? Would Hardaway do anything? He's got a shitty contract. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Probably not. I was thinking Hardaway instead of like at least Hardaway. Inst- or hmm. Yeah. I'm looking at like Moody. I, you know. I don't know. By the I, way, Moutier is playing well. Knicks fans hate him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I would probably want Moutier in that, and, you know, hopefully you can get something by flipping Cantor. Uh, but I'm not sure. What do you think of Neil Aquino? I, I don't really have a ton of faith that that's really an asset worth pursuing. Okay, are we call, so you want to call it Moutier instead of Neil Aquino? Or instead of Cantor. Or no, not instead of Cantor. Yeah, well, instead yeah, of... Yeah, it can't be instead of Cantor. Instead of Neil Kina, yeah. Okay, so Cantor, Moutier, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, Knox, and the potential number one pick in the draft. So essentially three firsts for, you know, for Sure, one, one of them a giant bust in Moutier, who's just now starting to figure stuff out. But 
Right. Oh, I was talking like Mitchell Robinson. Oh, okay, okay. And Knox. And I don't know. They have Okafor, first. so I think they might be good could... <laughs> If you have, yeah, I mean, look, you're not guaranteed that number one. So this is why I find it tough to believe the Pelicans would jump on a trade before the deadline because this trade is going to be there in the offseason. And then you can guarantee yourself of if it is, you know, Zion – then the Knicks probably don't do it. If it isn't, then the Pelicans probably don't do it. Mm-hmm. So that's know, the tricky part about doing this. It's the tricky part, but I mean, unfortunately, we have to come up with something. So what are we... Right, right. Is, but, is that what we're calling this trade for now? With a little asterisk yeah, next so. to it? Yeah, because you're... So, all right, let's real quick try to do it with Porzingis. So it, is Porzingis and Knox enough? Porzingis and Knox is... Who says No. Porzingis well, and Knox straight up. Oh, well, like, and, it's not uh, straight up Cantor. Um, and then you get yeah, whatever a late first for Cantor. I would assume. I don't know if that's enough. I don't know if you get a late first for Cantor. Honestly, I think he's a buyout candidate. Um, mm, okay. So f- five go. six plus three seven. We're in low nines. Cantor. I think New Orleans would actually have to add a small piece to this. Um, but I can't imagine that would be a giant problem. So, mm-hmm. okay, is is Canner, Porzingis, Knox? And by the way, this team that Davis is playing on is going to be a horrible one. Uh, <laughs> is that better than Canner, Moutier, Mitchell, Knox, number one pick? Ooh, so it's basically Porzingis versus Robinson, Moutier, um, and the, the one. number one, and and Robinson or. Yeah, Robinson. The, you're right. And you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You're not the biggest Porzingis guy, so I'll defer to you on that. I'd probably rather have Porzingis, but it's close. Well, and the other without thing is knowing, Porzingis without is knowing Porzingis is going to be number up. one is Zion. Yeah. Well, I, I actually like John Morant quite a bit, too. I don't. I think he's the clear number two. But um, hmm. So the other thing about Porzingis is you're going to have to – you're in a weird position where you're going to have to pay him – Really, really, probably right. before you, you're gonna have to pay him before you ever see him play in a game for you. That's the t- that's the really tricky thing, and who knows if he even wants to stay there. So you know what, we gotta. I think we gotta take Porzingis off the table. You're right. So, all right. I uh, I don't like that that deal as much as like the Pacers one, probably. Which I think is it's close too though. much, but okay. So. Yeah. So Cantor, Moutier, Mitchell, Knox, number one pick. I think that's the clear best trade so far. But Turner, Sabonis, Holiday, their first, um, Evans and Collison. So you like you like the Pacers trade the most. But all right, we'll leave that as number it's one. It's close. Point. It's really close for right now. Those two. All right, well we have to get to. The I don't think the Pacers conference. trade ever happens. Okay, I don't yeah. either. But fair. Uh, we neither one of us thinks the Pacers trade is going to happen. Let's take it off the table then. Yeah, agreed. So Knicks is number one. We're not going to talk about the Bulls. Do you want to talk about the Bulls? I no, mean, it's no just, way this, the Bulls throw something together. This is just a question of how long do you want the show to be? <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to talk I'm, about this all day with you. but <laughs> I think the Bulls have potentially the most compelling group of players that, okay. the, that they could give up. But I'm all interested right. to hear your perspective. All right, Chicago Bulls. Uh, let me – so I would think – you're right. There's There's interesting pieces here. The Bulls, well, obviously, the trade is going to be centered around Chandler Hutchison. My God. <laughs> uh, I so just think he, there's so many little pieces you could throw their way. 
Like all yeah. the little pieces you threw for the Knicks, they're more interesting ones on the Bulls end. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. So is Carmelo, how's Carmelo's value only, how's he only 2.3? That's not right, is it? Is he only making 2.3? No, regardless. We're not going to cheat deal. I guess we can't we can't dwell on Carmelo Anthony right now. There's gonna be plenty of time for that. <laughs> uh, all right, so I think we're gonna have very different ideas of what might be fair for this. So I, I'm interested to no. hear what what yours is. I think it's Levine as a and then Markinen or Carter. Okay, and then the one and Jabari for like well, cat way, purposes. Way too much. Uh, way Lev- too much Levine and Markin and or Carter works for Davis straight up wow oh because of Levine's yeah yeah of course all right so all right so that doesn't work because of Levine but I think that so say you take Levine off so you get done Markin in the but do you think they'd want Levine what all right I'm gonna let you do this because you I think you have a better feel for it and for the dollars too uh so we need to get to like 22 even if we were to package marketing Carter and Dunn together then we're mm-hmm. only at about 13 we need to add another you need to add Parker uh yeah but that gets that takes you too high you're gonna have to get pieces back at that point uh Robin Lopez actually works pretty nicely for this so so it, so Lopez, it could be Robin Lopez. Would you trade or, Lo, Lopez, Carter, Markinen, and Dunn, and probably a first round pick? Probably not. I probably wouldn't do it with the first. But you know, if they did, I wouldn't be upset about it either. I think that that's I, okay. So wait, did you say Levine in that? No. Well, let, all right. How about this? Okay. Um, because, you know, let's talk about a previous Zach Levine trade. And even though we're seeing that he's entirely worthless on the defensive side of the ball, um, Zach Levine, Lowry Markinen, and uh, the Bulls unprotected number one pick. I'm, I think that would be – I would definitely do that. I don't think that's enough. Um, what if you threw in Chris Dunn for, you know, whatever the Pelicans wanted to get rid of cap-wise? Done unprotected. Your number one pick right now is, I think, number four. Number four. I yeah, think it's so. four it's now. Four. Yeah. Okay. So Levine, Markin, and Dunn gets us to uh, da, 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 23, 24. Dunn takes us to 28. And in, in New Orleans. I think we just need to add like three million. Actually, it's pretty close with the fifteen percent. It might act, might actually even work. But let's just toss a piece in there, uh, for argument's sake. There'll be Anthony Davis and um, Frank Jackson or somebody like that. Tim Frazier, mm-hmm. Ian Clark, somebody like that. Filler's easy. Um, okay, so Levine, Markinen, Dunn, number four pick, which right now is Cam Reddish for the Pelicans. That might be a recipe for the Pelicans to stink forever. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like if fans Probably. of if fans in Seattle 
really want a basketball team, they should be pushing for this trade to happen. Because <laughs> so nobody you don't think that's a good trade? I just I so again, you like to talk a lot about trading for one of the three best players on a championship team. Yeah, true. Mark I think we think he's his upside is his upside's a two, more likely a three because of defensive uh, inefficiencies. The four is yep. reddish. I think you're probably in that complimentary three range. Yeah, uh, his yep, ups, his absolute upside is probably a third best player on a championship team. Neither Levine or Dunn fit top three. Nope. So I don't know. Is that I don't know. That's hard. So where does where does Markkinen as an individual piece rank amongst the guys that we realistically have talked about? Well, I, I love Lowry Markkinen. You know that. So um, do I. So do I. As an individual, I think he's the best one. Like I of think, all those guys. I think he's the best piece. I think he has the second most value behind the Knicks first round pick. Interesting. So you're saying if the Bulls were to say, "Will you trade your pick today for Markkinen?" They would say no. I would think so. Yes. I doubt that personally, but it's possible. I don't know. Well, they can't. First of all, they, they can't play Markin and Porzingis together. But that's a right, <laughs> that's right, right, a right. whole other right. Show. No, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I was just interested to hear what you said, had to say about it because I think that the Bulls could put together as good of a package as anybody, but because of the fact that Davis wants to play somewhere else and because it would just gut their roster and it wouldn't really make the Pelicans a ton better. They would just basically become the Bulls. Um, you know, it probably doesn't make sense. But as far as just straight up assets go, I think the Bulls can do, you could do a lot worse than that group. Well, and what else is interesting for Chicago here is that you would only be adding a little bit of money onto your cap for next year, which is pretty low right now. So Chicago mm -hmm. could feasibly have max cap room for another player to go with davis and wendell carter yeah i, don't, I mean I don't know hypothetically if you throw a sh ton of at money at Kyrie and just say we'll max you out and we'll build this thing you know i think that that's that's something i mean i don't know if, i don't know if it gets you <laughs> anywhere close but for Bulls fans, I can tell you that they're just so annoyed with this dumbass front office that they're ready to shake it up, even though they're kind of like in the asset building stage, kind of like what the Celtics were doing, you know, yeah. where you're just getting a bunch of good players. Now, you don't have Brad Stevens to gel it all together, and you don't have Danny Ainge as a genius, and you don't have all those future firsts coming, but I think you've gotten to the point where you've compiled a lot of decent talent, or you will have gotten to that point, and... Um, you know, it's it's at least interesting to think about. Because we're never going to have time for this, uh, I just want to say that the guy who really interests me for you is Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday, a fantastic fit on this team. Uh, in a tr You know, you would, it would be a holiday for Parker would be the big piece, like Parker and Dunn in a pick. I think Drew Holiday yeah. helps this team so much. I am a gigantic yeah. fan. I, I I love that. I mean, I think that Drew Holiday is basically what everyone wanted Chris Dunn to become. You know, like, uh, I mean, he's back in the day. Now, Dunn's offense is never going to be what Drew's has become. But that's sort of what you were hoping for when he got drafted, I think. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Dunn, Markkinen, Carter, Levine, is a, that's at least interesting moving forward. Now, I'm not saying, you know, it, I don't think you can justify 
trading your first round pick at least without it being heavily protected uh, this year. Yeah, I know. But you know, I could mm-hmm. if it if if New Orleans came to me and said, you know, we'll give you Drew Holiday. We want we want Jabari Parker, Chris Dunn, and and your first round pick next year, top three protected, then top top five protected, then top seven protected, then unprotected. I do that trade. Interesting. I would. What about just for Hutchison instead of that constantly moving first? Well, I don't think Hutchison has the same value as the first round pick because I mean that first round pick could be relatively high, and that's what I think that's what you're yeah. gambling on because everybody loves everybody loves the unknown. Everybody loves like, hey, we have this pick and it could be great, and this could be the pick that right. turns our franchise around. Like for instance, the oh, 76ers technically have couldn't have the number one pick in the draft this year. Should the Kings get it? <laughs> hey. It could happen. Maybe they, De'Aaron Fox gets hurt, and you know who knows. It's it's unlikely, but it would be wonderful. Uh, I it would yes. sure it would hurt to give up that twenty fifth pick to the Celtics, but uh, <laughs> I'll I'll live with it if it if it gets us. <laughs> I guess I guess it would be Zion. I honestly don't know, but um, it, honestly, it would probably be a trade chip for a superstar. Yeah, regardless. Agreed. I don't know, uh, but I I think that would be fascinating. I think Holiday plus even if you know even if you sit where you are and it's Barrett or Reddish, Holiday, Levine, Barrett, Marketing, Carter. It's pretty interesting. Ooh, very interesting. I mean, it'd be fun. It's you know, it's not. It's just so hard to get excited because stupid Jim Boylan and dumbass Gar Foreman and John Paxson. But it's mm-hmm. still like the on the court ability would be really fun. With that said, and I know it's a, it's a ways out, I would be very hesitant to trade a 2020 first round pick if I was a team that thought I could be bad, because I think there yeah. are there are superstars in this with Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels and Cole Anthony and Theo Maladin and uh, James Wiseman, guys like that. I think there's a number of a number of players who are better than better than the second guy in this year's draft. Let's yeah. put it like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's. That, those are all names I don't know, so I'm just <laughs> you, gonna go ahead you, and defer to you. You will very soon. You will trust me. You will very very soon. Uh, and if hey, if you want your little Okafor, Vernon Carey is in the draft, and that's exciting. Um, all right, we uh, this is long, but yeah, I guess we kind of both expected that. And uh, let's move to the Western Conference. Okay, real quick before we do that, I'm gonna tell because again, we're never gonna have time to talk about this. Nikola Miritich. Elephant in the room. Yeah, of course. This is of this course. is uh, what I think is the absolute perfect fit for Philadelphia to solve a lot of their problems. I would. Uh, I've I've floated because apparently New Orleans is all is looking for picks for Miritich, Etwan Moore, Julius Randle, and guys like that. I would mm-hmm. probably be willing to do. You know, it's going to be salary fillers. Um, Mike Mascala, Justin Patton, and uh, and and Corkmus gets you salary match with. With Miritich, and then I, I, don't know, I have a hard time with this top twenty protected first round pick that turn that turns into a couple of twos or a, a pick like that top fifteen protected. I don't, I don't know. What, what do you think's fair? Uh, for Miritich, I mean, I it's a rental, right? Like he's a it's free a agent rental, after yeah. the season. So I think that's fair. I mean, I I think that I don't know that they'll do any better than that. They might get a free and clear first from someone like what they gave up for Miritich essentially, which ended mm-hmm. up being what it ended up being 22 or something. So something like I could, 
I don't think they'll end up getting that much. So I think that's more than fair from Philly's perspective. Um, yeah, if it's if it's a top twenty protected first round pick, then New Orleans is going to get the first round pick this year. Right. Right. And so and by the way, I think that's fair. I would be doing this move because Miritich is one of the guys I would want this off season. So it, it just oh, yeah. it just basically moves everything up a little bit, and it actually makes things easier for Philadelphia too because you're no longer concerned about cap room. So, mm-hmm. so sort of maneuvering this off season would be easier. Now you wouldn't have to do all the cap room gymnastics like you know uh, renouncing JJ Redick and all of those guys before you want to resign them. At this point, you're going to be over the cap. You're going to go over the cap to resign Butler, Miritich, Redick. Uh, Corey Brewer, I love Corey Brewer, and and <laughs> you know ideally, ideally TJ, but TJ probably is going to get too much to come back. Then you're going to have your you're going to have your mid level and your biannual. The mid level I would be looking at. I really like the idea of Patrick Beverly, and just sort of create this like weird, super defensive team uh, on on the second team. Oh, I love the idea of Patrick Beverly there. My God, and so I end up. I actually I wrote this down because you know me and I'm a, I'm a colossal nerd. So the first thing I heard <laughs> about with this Anthony da, Anthony Davis thing was how it was going to affect Philadelphia. And, of course. Uh, what? Because yeah. And what then else? you heard that you would have to give up Ben Simmons for him, and it changed. <laughs> oh no, my! I never had any expectation that they would make a trade for Anthony Davis. That's no, I know. That, I know. That's crazy. That's just that was never ever ever going to happen. Okay, so the lineup I come up with at this point, and my. Uh, my mid-level would be Beverly. My biannual biannual exception would go to Dwayne Dedman. I'm going, uh, or Marvin Williams. You have Embiid, Bolden, and Amir Johnson at center. Uh, Miritich. T- oh, Wilson Chandler also comes back because you don't have to renounce him anymore. You can re-sign him. And my my biannual would be Marvin Williams at power forward. Uh, Butler, Brewer, and Zaire Smith at small forward. Reddick, Fultz, Landry Shaman at shooting guard. Simmons, Beverly, McConnell. You're keeping Butler? You're keeping Butler? Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay. So you're going into next year, Embiid, Miritich, Butler, Redick, Simmons as your starters. It's pretty solid. Like it a lot. I mean, assuming that Anthony Davis doesn't go to Boston, I think that's uh, it's got a very good shot at winning the East. You know what the weirdest thing about Anthony Davis going to Boston is? is like, It makes them a considerably better team, but I'm not sure that it doesn't actually make them a slightly worse matchup for Phil- uh, in terms of playing Philadelphia, because they just de- they destroy us right now with their wings. We have we have no match for their wings. So if yeah. if all of a sudden you're pounding the ball with Davis, like I'm okay Davis versus Embiid, I can live with that. It's, it's now where we just can't switch everything, and they just pick us to death on the pick and roll. Hmm. Yeah, but know. is that is that Tatum's doing or is that because that's the only guy they lose off their team? I guess. Well, we'll see because ultimately they're. I think they're going to lose Kyrie. So I do too. I'm not sure how they end up. I do too, and I, he very well could be a Nick with uh, with uh, Anthony Davis. But but yes, Miritich is Miritich is the guy I want very much in this trade, and I don't. I like that. I, like I don't. That. And I'm ta- Beverly too. That's those are the little things that make you so much better. Well, that's. Uh, I had a lot of a lot of guys in mind who I wanted that mid level on, guys like you know Danny Green and Trevor Ariza, Wesley Matthews, people like that. Uh, Thad Young, Derek Rose, Marcus Morris, <laughs> Derek Rose, yes. Uh, but honestly, the guy who really pushed me over the top to Beverly, I've and you, I've always liked Beverly quite a bit. 
was Corey mm-hmm. Brewer, just because like I like those pests. I like I like having yeah. those pests on the second on the second team. Yep. And especially if you can bring McConnell back, like you can just throw you know you can throw out a lineup there of you know Embiid, uh, Simmons at power forward, Butler, uh, Beverly and uh, and Brewer or somebody like that. It's a like damn that, good defensive group. That's a nightmare for teams defensively. I mean, there's some there's some shooting woes, but but it's you know it would be fun. And uh, all I want to do is build this bench. But let's let's build somebody's team in the Western Conference. And is there any chance at all the Golden State Warriors make a trade for Anthony Davis? No. Okay. Let's just cross them off. No. Okay. okay. So that's fair. Then for Nuggets. Yeah, I think they are one of the more interesting groups for sure. I agree um, completely. Yeah, I mean, you start with Gary Harris, one of your favorites. I love him. Um, I think you go MPJ for whatever he's worth at this point, which probably I, isn't much. But I agree. And uh, you know, you're looking at filler, right? I mean, I, I mean, first rounder, first rounders is Millsap involved. Millsap can't be involved. It's too much money. Oh, really? Okay. Millsap makes so like twenty. Millsap makes like twenty nine this year. Actually, um, Gary oh Harris. God. Gary Harris is on a contract extension. He makes sixteen. So, him plus Porter Jr. actually gets you to twenty. So Harris Porter in the first. Yeah, and and meaningless filler. Call it call it Malik Beasley yeah. or, or Jared Vanderbilt or somebody like that. Okay. Yeah. So well, Harris. Jared, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll say Harris Vanderbilt and MPJ. And their first, which is obviously not very good, and I just want to make sure they have it real quick. Denver uh, does not have their first round pick. The Brooklyn no, has it, but I, I don't really think that's much of an obstacle when you're talking about the 27th pick in the draft, though. Probably not. Maybe so, next year's first, unprotected right. or something. Call it a 2020. Actually, that's interesting. So here's the interesting thing about trading for Davis: is if you make sure to get a piece of the 2020 first to whatever team gets him. Wouldn't it be 2021? It's interesting because, or whatever year he's gone. Yeah. Because, you know, a, presumably a team is giving up one of its best future assets, if not multiple of them. Yeah. And then if they were to lose Davis, you know, that subsequent year, their first becomes a lot more interesting. So, what is that, 2020? I think that, or 2021? 2021, yeah. Yeah, I think that's 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 pretty close. I, I know you've sold me big time on Gary Harris. I always liked him, but his... Mm-hmm. What he could be on a team that's totally his own would be very interesting. The fit of Davis and Jokic together is going to be interesting, but because of Jokic's, yeah, I think because of Jokic's ability to pass, it works. It works even better than Cousins and Davis did, I think. Yeah, because both you know both Jokic and Davis can actually shoot a little bit too. Right. I think it works. I think it's too really interesting. Right. Well, Cousins started shooting. I guess that's fair. He started shooting at the end when he was. Uh, when he was in um, New Orleans, but that's entirely fair. Uh, so, okay, so let's call it Gary Harris, Jared Vanderbilt, MPJ, twenty twenty unprotected for twenty twenty one unprotected first. Do you need to throw in like a twenty twenty swap or something like that? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, whatever. That, that's fine. That's it, close, man. That's probably the best. I think that's the best trade, and I think D- Denver is one of the teams I thought of immediately. When yeah. I started thinking, I think this is going to be somebody that nobody was expecting. Um, I, yeah, it's hard 
it's hard because of Jokic, because your best player is your center, as is. But, you know, the NBA is different now, and Davis has played with a big man, and we just talked about why they could fit together in a basketball sense. So I would love to see this. Yeah, and, you know, Jokic is also weirdly a point center. Yeah, yep. Really good passing center. Like, really good passing big man. Great feel. Um, I think that'd be, that'd be really interesting. I don't know how it would work, you know, in terms of... I just don't... I I doubt they'd be able to resign him, but it'd be a really fun year and a half. And, you know, Davis has been playing power forward, too. So it's not like we're, you're trying to cram two centers together. He has actually been yeah, playing yeah. before. All right. Sure. Uh, Oklahoma City. Ooh. Well... I don't think they have the young pieces, do they? So OKC. Because you're not saying uh, George or Westbrook. No, it, it, I just don't think they, they have. It. You need you need them to love Stephen Adams, and yeah, I, you're right. The the young pieces just don't work. They don't really have. I mean, Terrence Ferguson's probably their most appealing young piece, and that's not great. No. All right, so Oklahoma City yeah, cannot. I don't think that's a starter. Would be fun, but they can't do it. Uh, Portland, you know, we've talked about Portland quite a bit. This is what can Portland put together here? If we start with McCollum, that matches Davis's salary. So McCollum plus Collins, McCollum's plus Collins for sure. Collins. And I don't know, maybe, maybe Anthony Simons is where I was going. So, all right. I think those are the three. CJ. Zach Collins and Simons. Is that better than Harris, MPJ, 2021 on Protected First? Well, would you I, trade Harris and that Unprotected First for, for McCollum? Well, that's the I question. Mean, is on a team where he's allowed to do more, is in a, like in a vacuum, who's more productive, Harris or McCollum? Yeah, I think. I think McCollum still is. I know that Harris is awesome. He costs what ten million less, probably too. Yeah. But yeah, I I love Gary Harris, but I think it's I would have a tough time say. I think McCollum's the kind of guy that could still put people in the seats, and you know, worst comes to worst, you could always flip him for more. Not that you couldn't with Harris, but I'd probably rather have McCall. I'd probably rather have that Portland trade if they were willing to do it. Okay, so this year, close though. McCollum, who is 27, averaging, you know, rounding up basically like 21, 4, and 3 while playing objectively no defense whatsoever. (laughs) Gary Harris is 24. uh, Actually, points are down a little bit this year with 15, 3, and basically exactly the same in rebounds and assists. Two and a half points per game less, or five points per game less, sorry. And also struggling to shoot this year, as is McCollum, but actually plays defense. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, fair to say McCollum is the the more enticing piece at this point. Then it's just 2021 MPJ versus Zach Collins. Yeah, I guess. I guess CJ is the most interesting piece, but again, if they want to blow things up, then the Denver trade makes more sense. If they want to stay competitive, then the Portland trade makes more sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's is it the Pop Avenue or is it going to be some other one? And and would the Blazers even be willing to trade McCollum? I think Davis so. For a I, rental of Davis. Well, it's a year and a half rental too. 
It's not like yeah. it's not like and it's you're a trying to sell them there. Yeah, it'd be very, very, very similar to the Raptors shredding for Kawhi. I think. Yeah, just in terms of. Yeah, if if the Raptors already had an all first team NBA player. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like that's a good. Damn, that's Lillard and Davis is really yeah good duo. Yeah, I mean you're. I think that there's a little bit more of an issue playing Nurkic with Davis as opposed to Jokic, but true. I think that I still like that. Um, man, that's so interesting. I. I would call the Nuggets trade more likely, but the Blazers trade more interesting. I mean, they're both interesting. They're both fascinating deals, actually. I think they're either of those teams' fan bases would love to have a guy like Davis. Yeah, and and you know, twenty eight other fan bases. Yeah, well, I just think those in particular would be fun because of where they are and how hard it is for those types of teams to get, especially the Nuggets, to get players like that. Okay, well, if we're talking trades, we can't not talk about the Houston Rockets. Um, of course. Is, does what is Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, and a couple of first round picks? Yeah, do for you. Four first round picks, like they that the, the the Godfather offer that they made for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, doesn't do a lot for me. Uh, I don't think it's up there with the others. The f- multiple firsts just don't really get me going with Maury because it's like, you know, they're always going to find a way to be interesting and close. So well, um, let me see right now to see w- if he owns any interesting first round picks. Uh, and no, as a matter of fact, they don't. Yeah, I don't think so. So it's Just all, theirs. it's all their first round picks. So what you're taking a chance on here is what, you know, Chris Paul, how long does he have left? Harden, how long can he keep playing at this pace? He just became the third player in NBA history to average, you know, 30 or more points or 35 points. Oh, sorry. Third player in NBA history to score at least 30 points in every game of a month where he played at least 10 games. The other guys are Kobe and Wilt, I think. Didn't he average 42 a game or something? 43.6. Jeez. Not terrible. Uh, I would not... Okay. Here's my. I, first of all, they're not going to do that. The the they just won't. Um, okay. The Falcons won't. Yeah. Great. But but would that make the Rockets close to the Warriors? Would that make them better than the Warriors? Okay. So they're tr- they're trading Gordon and Capella. So the starting lineup yeah. is now. Are we saying Davis is the center? Probably right. Yeah. So oh, da- yeah. Davis, PJ Tucker's your power forward. Uh, this is gets interesting. James Ennis is your is your small forward. Uh, Harden's the two, Paul's the one. So a yeah. couple of weak spots in that starting lineup. <laughs> yeah, and a pretty crappy bench. Oh yeah, horrible. Uh, yeah, Chris Tucker or not Tucker? Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah like it's. They would need to go to Chris Tucker. They just need bodies that badly. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, Nene, Gerald Green, Austin Rivers. And Marquise Chris demanded a trade recently too, so that's another. Well, they Mark they can trade Marquise Chris for Thon Maker, and those two can just bitch together. It's your your <laughs> your guy. I love when guys oh, who can't yeah. play basketball demand trades. Yeah. Well, I mean, and. I understand where he's coming from, Anshu, because this guy's only got a couple of years left before he retires. So he really <laughs> needs to get an opportunity to play. 
He's 39 oh, years man. old already. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think the Rockets can work. And no, it's just no. their their bench would get decimated by the Warriors bench. That's that's one of the things people don't really talk about when you're putting super teams together. Is it it's really takes two years to fill out your bench. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you've got to get to the playoffs, and then you know your bench shortens up. But you still need to be able to have that group keep you in the game while your you know your aces hit and. You know, it also helps that the Warriors are like seven deep with actual NBA starters and or <laughs> Hall of Famers. And or Hall of Famers. Uh, San Antonio, is there anything to be done here? Don't see it. Don't see it there. Just, you don't Demps and Pop get together? Nah, I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there's anything there. Okay, probably not. Uh, and I guess it would be hard because the most interesting young piece is hurt. In uh, in Dejounte yeah. Murray, but right. I guess I, I like the it. I like the idea of them trading together. But you're right; it doesn't doesn't make a ton of sense. Fun. Um, okay. Utah. All right, so Utah is vaguely interesting to me. I don't think it'll come together. But if you start with Rudy Gobert, I mean, that as an individual piece is. Mm-hmm one of the best that you can do um depending on what they want to do i mean if you want to build around you know obviously they talk about going away from the way the game is going but gobert is a big man yeah manning the inside and then you get i don't know grace and allen and their first this year i mean that's basically what the offer is i i don't think it's enough but it would be so fun to see davis and mitchell together <laughs> that's what mm. i'm going for here Okay. But no, I don't think, I don't Fair think enough. that's it. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. This is another one of those teams that kind of kind of popped into my head. Okay. I just, so you know, you're starting with Gilgis Alexander? You're going to start with Gilgis Alexander for sure. We need to get to 22. And they have a lot of, they have a lot of smaller pieces. They're also going to have a ton of cap room this offseason. The real yeah. coup uh, for, for Los Angeles here would be attaching Danilo Gallinari. Because if you can attach Gallinari, who's a good basketball player, then to get to Gilgis Alexander, one, that equals Anthony Davis right there. You could add in, I don't know, Jerome Robinson, first-round pick, whatever. But yeah. all of a sudden, you're in... I think if that happened, you could see Anthony Davis, Kawhi, and Kevin Durant playing for the Clippers next year. Oh, <laughs> Oh man, that would be something. I, that's uh, don't a mo- see it happening. I don't either. But again, I think I think this is a move that they could make. They could try to push in hopes that they can get one. Because I do think Kawhi is going to be a Clipper. If you gave me, you get made me t- give you odds right now. I would say Clippers are the favorites. Wow. So I think so. Um, I like how everybody's making a big deal out of the fact that Kawhi bought a house in San Diego. Like okay. which is so far from the it's a hundred miles from Staples Center. <laughs> so yeah, it's that. Oh, now if he bought that and a helicopter, then we can have a conversation. But yeah. Uh, yeah. okay, the Los Angeles Lakers. You want to do this now? Okay, all right. So the Lakers, the Lakers throw all their guys at. At them, at the I, Pelicans, and say what do you say? Ball, 
Ball makes 7-4. Ingram makes 5-7. Takes us to 13-1. Kuzma, Kuzma makes one six, so we're at about fifteen. Uh, is Josh? Is Josh Hart? I love Josh. I love me some Josh Hart. Can I get Josh Hart in some way in this trade? That'd be great. Uh, that takes us to sixteen, and cap filler would be well, Lance Stevenson. KCP. Uh, KCP. It's a little bit too high. KCP's twelve, so that takes us to twenty-eight ish. Say so, all right. Say the Lakers drop one of those four that we talked about because I I don't see them trading everyone. Okay. Well, I think it's I think it's Hart. Then let's let's say it's KCP instead of Hart. Mm-hmm. So Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, KCP for Davis. Man, and a first. Yeah, obviously throwing a first there. Yeah, I mean the first is going to be inconsequential, but yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. So I don't at, know if it's going to be inconsequential. They're at like the nine seed right now, right? I mean, they're say they go whatever they go twenty five and fifteen the rest of the way. Totally fair. I still think that's they're probably like the seven seed. That's like the twenty third, twenty fourth, twentieth pick, something like that. And worth pointing out that right now that's the number fourteen pick in the draft. Right. Granted, they've been playing without Mr. LeBron. You know, this is the thing that I think is really interesting and nobody talks about is I think we're witnessing. LeBron starting to break down. So, and I, and I think it's only going to get worse as he continues to get older. So, if you trade for LeBron, if you and you're Anthony, uh, you know, trade for Anthony Davis to add to LeBron, and your starting lineup this year, and I know obviously they're looking at this for their starting lineup next year, not this year, but this year you're talking about LeBron, AD, Rondo, Josh Hart. And uh, Michael Beasley, like it's it's pretty bad. Like this is this is a team with two superstars who probably gets bounced in the first round this year. Yeah, but then they had uh, Kyrie or something like that. Do you buy this? I think I think the perception of Kyrie going to play with LeBron is such a bad look for him. Oh, it's a terrible look, but optics have never been a real concern of LeBron's, let's be honest. I don't think LeBron cares, but I think I think Kyrie would look horrible. I think this is him saying he can't oh, win yeah. without LeBron James. But I, I feel like he's already arrived at that conclusion. Mm. Or, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like we talked about that line last week of will Kyrie uh, sign in L.A. or anywhere else? And, yeah. and it's like... Dude, the way that it's working out, I just feel like he's going to end up there. Uh, that's fair. Um, but, okay, so even then, next year, and this is what I'm saying, is it takes a couple of years to fill out that bench because you're gutting your team. You know, next year, it's great to have LeBron, Kyrie, and Anthony Davis. Is you know, three of the top 10, 12 best players in basketball. I'm not sure where Kyrie fits in the mix is the only thing. Um hmm. And then what else? Like, I know your guys are going to go sign there, but is it, is it going to be enough to to beat the Warriors, who I think I think it's more and more likely that it's going to be this this iteration of the Warriors back again next year just without Boogie? Really? You think Durant stays there? I do. I'm starting to lean. Durant's wow. not subtle. So Durant's last year in Oklahoma City, he made a comment that, he was going to make a business decision in free agency. 
and immediately mm-hmm. I went out and I tweeted, uh, and feel free to feel free to everyone go back on Twitter. It's still there. I tweeted, uh, Kevin Durant just basically announced he's going to sign with the Warriors as soon as he said that. <laughs> and Mario Mario called me out on it, and then like a year later, I I responded to the tweet again after he had signed with the Warriors. Um, I think he's been talking about this year that he's that money is a big factor. And I think that is going to be the thing that keeps him in Golden State because they can pay him 40-plus million more than anybody else. Wow. Can they really? Yeah, because they have his bird rights. Can they do that and keep all their guys, though? I mean, as long as they don't care about the luxury tax. And Joe Lacob and all those guys have said they don't. So, I mean, Boogie's not coming back. But, you know, it's going to be expensive. And their MLEs are going to be absurd because because of being in the repeater tax. But they can keep everybody. That would be crazy. I, I just cannot believe that that would happen. But man, I think, if that's the case, then you're right. Like, I mean, just going back to your original point, if that does happen, like, forget it. It's all over for everyone. It's definitely over for a team of LeBron, Davis, and Kyrie. I'm sorry. That, that is not going to get it done. I think the first guy to leave will be Draymond, not this offseason, but next offseason. I don't think they're going to resign him. Hmm. I wouldn't. I don't think he's no. nearly as important as those other guys. I think he was when he's younger, but now as he gets older and he's slightly less valuable uh, defensively and with his versatility, he, you can't max him and somebody's going to. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you assume someone will. I think I think somebody will. He has that, that Warriors glow. You know, in a world where Durant resigns, he's got, what, four NBA titles when he hits yeah. free agency? Yeah, and he's kind of the glued guy, and he's got that appeal, so I could see that. He will be a Chicago Bull in 20... No, God, no. Uh, all right, that far away. Okay, so Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, KCP, the number 14 pick. And by the way, isn't it fascinating that all these reports start coming out today that uh, New Orleans thinks Lonzo Ball's a future superstar? <laughs> yeah, because that's, kind of that's the kind of thing a team would leak. If they were trying, if they were in contract negotiations, and he also leaked that he wants to go to New York or Chicago, which is hilarious. Oh, I didn't see teams um, attached, but I saw he would want to be moved to a third party. I like yeah, I like Lonzo in Chicago. That's interesting. I love I love that. Sign me up for that all day. I, but there's just no way the Bulls would ever figure that out. Um, I'm look. I think that this is going to happen. I think this is going to be of all the trades we said. It's probably in my opinion, the best, most realistic one. Because I, I like it the best. I, I don't even like the guys that much that, that we're talking about here. I mm-hmm. still would much rather have a Tatum-based package or, you know, a McCollum-based package. I, I don't think either of those will be out there. And I still, I just think that this is the one that will, will be on the table and the one that they'll ultimately take, unfortunately. Yeah, it's uh, convenient that the Lakers were this last team we talked about because I do think that they're probably the last team that can put together a legitimate package. Outside of Sacramento, who I've mentioned, I don't think it's crazy that Sacramento tries to make a big play here. Um, but For who, though? Because you don't want to trade Fox, but I think you'd have to. You don't want to trade Fox, but you you have Bagley, who is very available in this trade. And this is oh, yeah. this year's number two pick. You know, uh, you have Bojan Bogdanovich, who is a very, very good young player who people forget about. Um, they don't know, have their first next year, right? They, they don't have their first this year. They they have it back next year. Uh, I just, you know, the guy, 
if you're saying like Harry Giles, Marvin Bag, this year's number two pick, Marvin Bagley, Bogdanovich, and something like that, I think they can get competitive with with other teams. I just think, I think uh, Vivek is desperate to make a big move here. I think they got a little bit of taste of winning, and uh, mm. now they're going to do something just stupid enough to destroy their team <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> Well, trading Fox would be just stupid enough to ruin their team going forward. But I think making all those other moves would be that wouldn't kill them. I mean, they're going to end up if they trade this year's for if this year's first is gone and then they trade the first after Anthony Davis leaves. Yeah, then they're really screwed. I mean, you've got Fox who will undoubtedly be unhappy at that point mm. and nothing. Buddy, you know, like Buddy healed. That's it. Yeah, no, it's it's this is Fox, Buddy and, and Anthony Davis. I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. By the way, I've never said I thought no. it was a good idea. I just no, think, no, I just think it's the kind of thing that Vivek would try to pull off and would just backfire spectacularly. And how funny would it be that in this weird circle of the NBA, Vivek trades Boogie to the Pelicans, who then leaves, and he acquires Anthony Davis from the Pelicans, who then leaves. <laughs> it would be just poetic justice for my boy Vivek but it is you know it happens that he they have no idea what they're doing so it wouldn't shock me at all they've tripped over into De'Aaron Fox and I actually think this trade would not be that bad for them but by trading their future firsts that's the problem right well I mean it's it's fine they'll they'll be competitive they potentially sneak into an eight seed in the west or maybe even a seven seed honestly but once Anthony Davis leaves after next offseason and they're left Let's see. Fox would have one year left on his option. You would be paying Buddy that off season. It's Fox and Buddy at that point. And uh, yeah, I, it's, I don't. I like both of those idea. guys. I don't love like neither one of them. Is De'Aaron Fox ever the second best player on a championship team? Mm, maybe, but that first best player better be like Durant. Anthony <laughs> but Davis. probably not. I doubt it. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think he's clearly the third best. Okay, and I don't think either one of us thinks Buddy's a top three guy. No, no, definitely not. Useful complimentary scorer, but unless yeah. uh, unless Frank Mason really emerges, they're going to have problems. <laughs> All right, yes, the like twenty eight year old second year player. <laughs> so are we? Uh, so we're at Ball Ingram Kuzma KCP fourteen is better than <sighs> better than CJ Zach Collins Simons or Harris Vanderbilt MPJ. 2020 swap 2021 unprotected i like the nuggets offer personally I, I it's close i like i don't want to like the lakers especially after spending an hour and a half talking about it but i feel like if that is going to be the one that's the best on the table i'm sure the pelicans would rather take a close one all things being equal they'll take something else mm-hmm. um just to piss off davis as they should but i i think ultimately that the Lakers will just throw one extra piece more than any other team can do, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think the other thing that the Lakers actually have going for them here, and I and I'm I looked at this to see if I could use it as a detriment to them, but it's gonna work as a positive. All these guys are under contract <laughs> for a while. Ball's got Ball's under contract for two more yeah. years. Kuzma's got two more years. Uh Ingram's got another year after this. And then you know Plus all their rookie extensions. All of them have yeah. the QO at the end, so Right. They would I have. That, by the way, though. Yeah. I I think that if the Knicks were willing to put in Porzingis, they become the best 
the vast of any of these. Well, yeah, but then it's Anthony Davis playing with me, you, Josh, and a fifth guy. <laughs> hey, listen, we could put together a strong group of shooters, I'll tell you. Yeah, we're as long as this is like the Dwight Howard Orlando thing, and they don't care that none of us is taller than 6'3", then yes, <laughs> it'll be fine. They don't. They don't care, as long as they get Davis. All right. I mean, Davis, and that's the deal. Listen to this. Knicks, that is the deal. If you take Davis, you get the three of us on, I don't know, what do you want, veteran minimum? Yeah, I'll take the vet minimum. Okay. We got we got Kyrie running the point, Josh, you, me, and, you know. Am I playing power forward? Oh, yeah. Oh, the, stretch four. Stretch four. Yeah, very stretch four. I will not be going inside. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's exciting. Listen in for our, our in, Nick's Insider Information podcast moving forward. But, <laughs> I don't know, short of, short of that happening. Also, I'm, I'm in terrible shape right now. Uh, but that's fine. Oh, give, give, give me a training camp. I'll be, I'll be fine again. You'll um, be all right. Thanks. Fizdale will get you in shape. Yeah, that's uh, certainly the case. Um, all right, great. <laughs> so we've solved this. Another another NBA problem solved here on the underdog. <laughs> uh, what, okay, if you ha- you have to put money on it though, just to close this up. If our if our friends over at Skybook Sportsbook had a, had a prop bet on this right now. And uh, thanks to John from Skybook for stopping by earlier in the show. Where would uh, where would you put this? What are what are your odds for the top three for the Lakers, the the Nuggets, and the the uh, Trailblazers? And, ooh, the Blazers! I would say the Lakers are minus one ten or plus one hundred, like even basically. Okay. The odds-on favorite, and then I would say the Knicks plus two fifty or plus three hundred. You go, I, I would actually put the field at like plus 200. Okay. And then I would, just because like one of those, you know, who knows one of those other teams pops up with something and say, you know, say the Pelicans like it or whatever. Um, then I would go Knicks plus 400. So field plus 200, Knicks plus 400, Nuggets plus 500, Blazers plus 500. All right. Get on it, Skybook. Uh, that's been uh, this week's episode. Do it, of the underdog, been Chris Forbidell, he's been on Shukana, and we'll see you back here next week.